Alexander Snitker, libertarian, Republican, and political hack, and Adrian Wiley, born-again anarchist and political has-been. Banter, lather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, Chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Changing and Logistics Committee of the Western Florida Guild of Professional Anarchists, Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. But uh, let me ask you this. Do I sound drunk? No. No, you don't, actually. Really? I'm not slurring or anything like that? No. Have you been drinking? Are you got something going on in that coffee right there? <laughs> Heavily. Yeah. A little Irish? Yeah. <laughs> a little Irish coffee? No, no. I got my new teeth. Oh, I got you. On the bottom, at least. And uh, it's, Let me see. Uh, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's a it, it's a very strange sensation. Oh, I'll bet let, it is. Let, man. let me just say that, and I, I don't know where to put my tongue. Well, I know where to put my tongue, but you know. But yeah, it's uh, very very weird, man. And, and talking is. Uh, I've noticed that uh, I, a lot of times I sound like I'm slurring or um, you know uh, uh, lis- lisping. Is it? Yeah, yeah, li- yeah, yeah, that's the word. Got a lisp. Like right there, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so anyway, if I if I sound weird, that's why I'm I'm learning to, uh, to talk function again with, with, with my with new these teeth. teeth. Yeah. yeah, yeah, at least part of them. Now, are they are, do they stay in permanent or do they, can you pull? No, nah, he pops in and out. Yeah, pop them out. Hmm? Not in there. <laughs> no, that's a that's that's not something you want to see. Trust me. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not a pleasant sight. That's funny. <laughs> but anyway, that that's what I got going on. How you doing? Ah, we've had better days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we we won't get into all that. But no, uh, no, we won't get into all that. I will say this though: I was thinking this week a little bit of, um, considering everything's going on over in Israel and and like you know, around the world, right? I miss Ledge on weeks like this. Yeah, for his perspective on it. Yeah, that's true. You know, and for those of you who don't know, we're talking about Scott Ledger. Um, uh, the guy that does the intro for the show, yep, who's, yep. who's and, passed uh, away, a, a, a former uh, radio legend in the Tampa Bay area, so and yeah. good friend of ours. Nah, just all around great guy. Just yeah, always. Yeah, and Miss Ledge. Yeah, yeah. True indeed. True indeed. But what like do you I think said, his take le- would be on this? I I want to say it'd probably be similar to mine, but you never know. Because he he could always throw you a curveball, man. Yeah, I don't I, you know? I don't really know. Yeah. I don't know exactly what his take would be. It uh, would definitely be. It, look, it would definitely not be on the pro-Israel side, though. That's for sure. Yeah, but I don't like think he he'd would be... look at a lot of the issues that they've that they've had and over the years and stuff like that. And and I think the term blowback would come to mind. And yeah, you know, like, well, I, I don't. Think I think he, he would. I think he would understand the plight of the of the Palestinians more than a lot of other people would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's. Uh... It is uh, really strange right now how, uh, again, it's, it's, it's all the, the pick a side. You know, you got to be on one side or another, 100% all in. And, you know, so few people can really appreciate all the nuance of the situation. You know? Well, yeah. Because Israel isn't blameless. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they deserve to, to have civilians slaughtered uh, by a, a terrorist organization. But, you know, there's it's not to step back and say it's not surprising that this is all going on you know 
again, it's it's look, you have to understand that pretty much every war that's ever happened is just a violent real estate transaction. It's always two people fighting over the same land or fighting over the same resources. And, and it, it exacerbates itself when they, they start committing, you know, heinous uh, acts against one another and stop looking at each other as human beings. I mean, and when you get to that point, there's, there's no options. You know, you're, you're just you're never going to find peace. You know, no. And I think that the, the other unfortunate part is when it comes to the politicians here is that you have a couple different factions of people that are being the loudest. Right. And one of those being the, the, the again, putting it into camps, you have the, the pro-Palestinian side, which excuses everything that Hamas did as, you know, somehow justified right. in their actions. Which is insane. Which is completely insane. Yeah. And evil. And evil. And, right. then, and then you have the other side that is was just looking for an excuse to wipe the the right. the other people off the map for yeah. for lack of a better yeah. term. You know, and, you know, again with Nikki Haley saying we need the Department of Offense not the Department of Defense, like you right. really have no understanding as to what our military is actually supposed to be about. What a great president she would make, huh? Oh god, no, she again, <laughs> the thing about it is like these a lot of these people will kind of put themselves out there in understand like they'll put themselves like they'll reveal themselves. Right. People like her, like Lindsey Graham, like Ron DeSantis, for Pete's sake, with with when it comes to like the, the refugees and stuff, we should take zero Palestinians like because all of them are bad. Like the blanket statements of one side's good and the right. other side's bad and that there's no nuance in any of it is is it's such a problem. But the thing is this, though, what you've what I've what I've tended to notice is if anybody puts anything out either one way or the other way. Right. That the other side is just going to go after them. Oh, yeah. And using sometimes using strawmans that they didn't even say. You know what I mean? It, it, but it's it, but, but at the same time, like if if you don't acknowledge like the bad things that both sides have done. Right. And and again, I think a lot of that has to be like like you got to put it in a it's got to be put in a matter of perspective as well though. Right. You know? Again, like I, do do you blame Israel for, like, do you blame Israel because they won't, because they can't really negotiate with people that want them to be dead? You know? Well, yeah, you can't negotiate with Hamas at this point in time. Yeah. You know? But you got to remember, it was only a, roughly 10 years ago that Israel was supportive of Hamas being the ruling uh, party in Gaza. Yeah. You know, they were like, okay, we, we can deal with that, you know, and, and they thought they had come to some type of terms with them. But, and the Palestinian people voted for Hamas 10 years ago. They haven't had an election since. But then Hamas, of course, you know, had a different agenda. And now is, and, and their agenda was the elimination of Israel and the reclamation of the entire Palestinian state. Yeah. And what they're willing to do in order to accomplish that goal, yeah. and which is, is get their own women and children killed. And essentially now Israel has taken that same position. So you've got, there's no room for compromise between either of them. Yeah. You no. Know? And it, and it, it's, and again, it's just one of those situations where no matter like when, look again, look, we don't have a whole ton of people listen to the show, but I would like to we feel a lot more than you think. You keep saying that. Yeah. Well, I know, yeah. but we, I, we got, th- we got a few thousand. I, I, few I, thousand I will say this too, though, when it comes to this issue is, Again, I don't even know how you solve the problem that there is right now, but I will say that 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 
you can't you can't wipe either side off the map. I think both of them have a right to exist. And I, I think that the involvement from the outside world into what's going on over there is not helping. Well, actually, all things being equal, I think that the U.S. hasn't done a horrible job up until now. You know what I'm saying? And I think that Biden's speech the other night was actually a pretty smart move diplomatically. You know, honestly, I think that, again, it would be great if we could just ignore the whole situation and, you know, and just say, hey, you know, if we could be Switzerland in this case. But clearly we can't. You know, clearly that's not going to happen. Well, because we haven't been. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's look, Switzerland, we've accepted the role of the world police and it's our job. Well, to, and we've also accepted the role of, of protecting Israel. Right. Right. But having said that, I'm pretty sure that in all those closed door meetings that, uh, you know, a Blinken and uh, Biden were telling Israel, you're not going to turn Gaza into a bloodbath you're not gonna you know you're not gonna turn it into the largest refugee crisis that the world has seen in a decade you're not gonna do these things and i think that's why uh the israelis even though they're all ready to go haven't gone into physically occupied gaza yet because even though the united states is publicly saying we support israel 100 percent behind closed doors they're telling them no this no no you can't do it this way so I think there is a lot of backroom diplomacy going on to prevent a major humanitarian crisis. So at least there's that, um, you know, because but the end result is at some point, I think Israel is not going to um, not going to accept the existence of Gaza as is. You know, um, the other thing is I think that the U.S. position has also kept Iran and Hezbollah and various Islamic State entities in check. You yeah, know? no, I, th- I, I look. I think us going over there and having a couple warships, having having some some a lot, having you know having cla- having battle groups basically. Yeah, being, three of them. Now. Yeah, not being over there and being just off the coast is a deterrent. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so Iran specifically. Yeah. So I, I and again I know there's been some like the I know in Yemen there were some missiles that went over and some drones that went over that we end up you know knocking out of the sky and stuff. Right. So we're I think we're doing the best that we can to try to mitigate some of this stuff. And you know, but but hold on, but just like with Biden, to give him a little bit of credit, to also say to use again to use this crisis to be like, okay, let's give a hundred and five billion dollars. <laughs> And and but we're going to give it to Israel and Ukraine and like like you're almost again don't let our good crisis go to waste. Right. That's exactly what they're trying to do. Not that they can even get anything passed right now because we still again we're it's funny how all this stuff bleeds into other discussions right now. Right. But like you have all of this going on while we don't actually have a speaker, speaker of the house to yeah. be able to get anything done until you get Which a speaker awesome. you can't do anything. Right. Yeah. So like I, I love the fact that the. Uh, the government is, uh, you know, completely uh, uh, impotent <laughs> right now. That's yeah. a great thing. I, I hope they keep, you know, having these uh, these rounds of elections. And, you know, a lot of people want to blame the Republicans for this. And, of course, the Republicans are to blame. But the Democrats are, too, because there's nothing stopping, you know, eight, ten Democrats from voting 
for a Republican. You know, in- well, the the one thing that you that you can tell right now is that the Democrats have a much better grip on their on their people than oh, yeah. the Republicans do. The Republicans have zero grip on their people. Well, which a lot of the progressives, if you listen to some of the media like stuff, like when they had when they were in charge and they wanted to really force the vote for Medicare for all, right? That the progressives that were in Congress would not. You know, they basically kowtowed to Pelosi. Right. And you've seen Pelosi say this a couple times and, and kind of admit that this was going on, but almost saying it in a positive way of like, we were able to keep our caucus together and the Republicans can't do that. That's right. Yeah. And Which, that's essentially what's going on right now. Yeah. And so it's it's you have but in, in fairness, Nancy Pelosi is scary as fuck. <laughs> so there's no wonder they uh, they all uh, jumped in line. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just it's such a. It's such a weird, I mean, it's such a weird, scary time that we're in right now, just considering wonder, everything going on. What are you talking on? about? It's a wonderful time. It's a great time to be alive right now. The U.S. government is completely impotent. Um, you know, we're, we're on the brink of World War III. Yeah, I, it's, it's, a, it's a great time to be alive. Look, the aliens, the fucking aliens are about to come. I mean, <laughs> like, how, how could anything be better than this? You know, uh, it's just it's it's, it's, it's absolutely just, I, wonderful. I, it's a scary time. It's the, a it's a totally scary the, time. The right probability now. of us reverting to an 18th century lifestyle here in the very near future is is it's right there, man. You can almost reach out and grab it. I think it's about to get. We, we might actually him. save mankind. We might, but yeah. we might die in the process. <laughs> you know, you're making an omelet. Got to break a few eggs. I guess so. <laughs> it's 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 a scary time. I will say, look, I, and I know you're. I, Look, I know you're actually partly serious, yeah. But at the same time, it's still a very scary time, which I think you would admit to that as well. Yeah, well, it depends on your perspective, I guess. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but yeah. So, so what do you think is going to happen next in the Israeli situation? Well, I don't. I, look, truth be told, I don't know for sure. I do think that Israel is going to go in there and rout out Hamas, yeah. and I think that they're going to. And I think a lot of people are going to die because of that. And I think that it's going to it has to be I don't know if they're going to limit it or not. I, I don't know what they're going to do. The The other thing I did want to bring up was the hospital thing, too. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I know that we. That, that, OK, so during this week, there was a hospital that that, that, that that Hamas claimed that a hospital was bombed and 500 people died. Right. And that Israel struck the hospital. Right. Now, Israel, there's a couple that again, there's there was initially everybody went that Israel did do this. Right. And. There were some things that Israel did well, that kind of lended itself the to the entire thinking Arab world uh, went that direction. You know, well, and, piece, and, and it makes sense. And what, I mean, somebody in the Israeli government also said at a at a certain point. I mean, they took the they took the, the they 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 deleted the post, right. but they did put up that basically they were kind of taking credit for it. Right. Right. Well, they're bombing the shit out of Gaza right now, so it would stand to reason that that would happen. Yeah. However. The intelligence that I've seen and the videos and, and, you know, all all types of different information does, you know, basically, I I don't want to say prove, but it's extremely uh, strong evidence that what happened was a Islamic State rocket uh, had a, a misfire event where the rocket motor failed. And the rocket came down, you know, and just in the parking lot of the hospital. Right. 
Right. Like that's the other thing. Is so there's a there's a bunch of lies being told at the same time here though. Right. One of them was is that the rocket was from Israel when when all the video evidence and audio and and like there's a lot of evidence Look, that points that it was actually the Islamic. If if that it wasn't, wasn't even Hamas, it was another terrorist group in in Gaza. In Gaza, right, yeah. Because you have that, and again that intercepted phone call, quote unquote. Uh, between the two Hamas members that were saying, where'd that come from? What happened? And they said, oh, it looked like it was shot behind us, and it was, you know, the, yeah, the Islamic it. State guys that yeah. did it. Um, again, that could have been totally fabricated. But what's exceptionally difficult to fabricate is the ordinance, um, you know, the... And the, the satellite evidence and the visual The video evidence, evidence on Al Jazeera. Yeah, yeah so. so, like, there's a lot of evidence that points that it was actually them that did it. And, right. look, and in the heat of war, a lot of these things can happen. Yeah, but, but right, if, if Israel had done it, that hospital would not be standing, and there would be a hell of a lot more than a you know a, a two foot crater. Well, yeah, and another in the yeah, and to say that five hundred people died when in all reality they didn't. Then you're arguing over the number of dead. Yeah, it might not have even been that many. Yeah, like they, we don't it, it, they, right. They're they're saying now most likely one to two hundred. And again, how do you look? I'm even saying to trust the Israelis. And I'm not even saying to trust, I definitely don't no. trust Hamas. But trust but, the evidence. But there's evidence that kind of shows that it was, and again, this is one of those things in the heat of war that happens. But the evidence doesn't matter to... Um, it doesn't matter to anybody. Yeah, it doesn't matter to people who already have an agenda and are going to use it for it. That's right. You know? and, that, and, so. and that's the thing. Like, it really does come down to, again, if you listen to a lot of the... One side is blanketly blaming the other side for anything that happens. Right. Even if it comes out later on that it was not them, that they're just blanket blaming the other side for it all. Well, and each side has the opinion that the other side deserves whatever it gets. That's right. Yeah. That, that's right. That's so. right. It does. Yeah. They're they're They are looking at it that way. Yeah. Which and, I, and neither side is differentiating very much between combatants and civilians. No, yeah. but to is look from 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 the stuff that I've seen on at least the Israel side is that they're trying, yeah. and the stuff I've seen on the Hamas side that they're kind of telling their people to stay there. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I would say definitely Hamas cares less about civilian casualties. In fact, they like they kind of want them. They kind of want. They think it bolsters it bolsters their case. It does because you know every time that they uh, sh- well, here's the thing. Because well, they realize if they don't have no, those no, no. people in front of them, both sides are using civilian casualties to their advantage. Well, that's because true. How many, you know, and again, look, it's tragic on both sides. It's horrendous that all this is happening. Yeah. But and Hamas was actually targeting civilians. Right. And I don't think that Israel is, is targeting and them as they're much. They're not not targeting them. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think they're at the you point now where they're not trying to avoid them either. I would say that, yes. Hamas is targeting civilians. Israel is saying, well, if we kill civilians, we kill civilians. So they're like, well, they're, if we kill civilians, it's Hamas's fault. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So again, both sides are, you know, Hamas much more so. Like I said, Hamas does have a lower value on human life than the Israelis do. But again, neither of them have that great <laughs> a track record for it. I, again, you know? I think that there's look, there is blame to be had on both sides of this one. Right. And that, you know, if the and again, I don't know what's going to happen here. I really don't at the end of the well, day. Well, if, if I had to make a guess, I would say that given the volatile nature of the situation, there's going to be some kind of other event. Much like the hospital strike, it's inevitable when you have a war, you know, this this is going to happen that is going to inflame the Arab world to the point 
where Arab leaders are going to say, okay, we just can't stop this anymore. And they're going to let Hezbollah go in and they're going to let, you know, whatever groups are coming out of Syria and Jordan. And and then Israel is going to be facing a uh, multi-front war. Uh, And that's really, at this point, this war is a PR battle. Yeah. And really, it depends on, uh, you know, from Hamas's perspective, they want some type of horrible mass casualty event that they can blame on Israel so that all the other Arab organizations and and nations get involved. Um, And at some point, I don't think the U.S., the threat of U.S. getting involved is going to deter that. And then the question becomes do we really go to war with the entire Arab world, us, the United States? Yeah. I think we're going to if that happens. I mean, it, I, it, I, don't think, I don't think there's going to be a, a possibility of it not happening. I, I, honestly, but I also, yeah. I also would say that I don't know if they're not necessarily going to do that, though, for those people in Gaza. I, I don't know if, I, I, again, I don't know. What do you mean? Like, as long as Israel doesn't go too far. Right. I don't think those other places are going to... I don't think they want to get involved either because I think that... Look, if Iran gets involved and it's directly invo- involved in stuff, right. then those people that are in charge there are going to be dead. Like, we're going to kill them. Mm. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, oh, we're, we're bombing... We're going to bomb the crap out of Iran at that point, though. It, it's to the n- point where those people are going to get... There's a lot of... Like, this is... If it, if it goes hot global... Look, we can bomb anywhere in the world, but can we actually occupy... You know, and that's oh, I don't think we're going to occupy Iran. I think we're just going to bomb the fuck out of them. Yeah, I think but, we're just going to bomb them. To, but I will think we're that stop them? I mean, historically, when I don't know, the if it's U.S. Stop just them bombs Middle Eastern countries, it I, doesn't work. I just thinking that well, it you, just pisses them off more. Well, no, I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't solve the. It's, and then again, we're going to have terrorist gonna, attacks on U.S. soil thing, again. This war, these wars, are not going to solve the ultimate problem at the end of the day. No, like, but w- there has to be. Again, I think I, I think that our involvement. So much so with Israel has allowed Israel to not find a solution for to solve the problem that they're having right now. Right. Because the status quo can't keep going. We can't keep the status quo. Somebody has to win this war once and for all. Or everybody has to want to live with one another. Yeah, that's which is not It's too late for that. It's too late for that. If there was any hope of that, um, you know, after Hamas attacked Israel, uh, that's. It's not going to happen for at least another generation. Yeah. Yeah. Those those wounds are not going to heal for a very, very long time. And, you know, now you've got (laughs) basically the entire Israeli population uh, thinking that, you know, Palestinians are subhuman. You know, and they're not just restricting it to Hamas. You know, they're like all Palestinians are subhuman. Well, no. And if you listen to what and if you listen to what. um, uh. DeSantis said that, you know, they, they're all bad over there. Right. And you know what? You can't make that blanket statement. You just can't Black do and it. white, red, blue, man. You got to be on one team or the other. That's no, the and mindset. Every, the and world. I will say this. Oh, oh, most of the people right now that are out, that, that are either in the media or po- political leaders, like all of them are picking one side or the other. Yeah, that's like none what of them everybody are, does these days. None of them are offering nuanced takes on any no, of this Nobody stuff. can see the gray areas. No. You know, nobody I can, would say the one that's try, the, look, the one that's kind of trying a little bit, I can't believe i got to give him credit. I hate him, is Biden. 
Right. Like, you know, look, this aid going up, like this $105 billion that, again, he's wrapping up with border security, uh, right. Ukraine, yeah. Israel, and to give some of the, you know, $100 million of it is going to go over to, like, G- Gaza and Hamas. Right. Or Gaza, but for humanitarian aid only, and they're going to try to check it, which whatever that means. Well, if, 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 if somebody doesn't either, A, let the people out of Gaza or start sending some serious aid, you're going to have a, a serious humanitarian crisis on your hands. Which is such a small... And you're going to have a lot of people dying. You know what, though? The thing I don't get... Maybe I do get it, but it's such a small area, and as much money has been going to them for humanitarian aid at, at, for over the years, how is it still such a shithole? Uh, because most of the aid was sucked up by Hamas yep, for weapons right. and shit yeah. like that. You yeah. Know? I mean, they've been controlling the place. Again, we talked last week about the water the right. water pipes that yeah. turned into missiles. You're right. Yeah, these guys, have, and it's no wonder that they they misfire and land on hospitals. Yeah, <laughs> you know they're building them out of, of and sewer not that pipes. they even care about their own people. Like the, again, these are right. not good. Look, Hamas is not good guys. No, they they they, they, have, they don't have any redeeming qualities. They, they probably should be wiped off the face of the earth. Having said that, um, I think the problem is is that Israel is going to blanket in all Palestinians, and also they're saying, all right, fuck it, we're going to take the territory too. This is going to be Israel now. There will be no more. Gaza, it's going to be a resort location for uh, for Israelis, you know, and for, uh, you know, American Jews to come over and, and, you know, lounge on the beach. Yeah. So, again, it's, you know, there, there's so much to unpack there, but it's a, it's a pretty dangerous situation for, for us as the United States right now because we've, Biden has basically laid out an ultimatum for all intents and purposes, at, at least a bluff, if nothing else, and, uh, Depending on cir- circumstances, the Arab world may call that bluff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it, it, like just to give you an idea on how small, like this is a small area. Right. You know, it's 41 kilometers, 25 miles 25 long. 25 miles by about five or six miles wide on average. Yeah, yeah. By, yeah. by, by about, by, it, it, let's say the at the widest point, seven miles wide. Yeah. Like if you think about how, like here's the thing. It's a little smaller than the county, uh, my, Pinellas County. Yeah, yeah, like it's right. not that it's 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 essentially the size of a county and a small county. Yeah, yeah, and so. you know, to, I don't know. I just think that there's again. I I would say that the one thing about us being involved in it is that it stops the ability of actually having of forcing those people to the table to come up with a solution. Well, they're never going to the table, but it, it could potentially prevent a one from from one perspective almost a genocide you know from israel just you know driving the palestinians into the sea or into egypt or or whatever and it could potentially prevent a larger uh you know regional war which could turn into a global war but our involvement could also trigger either of those things you know much less on the israeli side because the israelis are going to really take into consideration what we're telling them uh but our involvement could actually trigger a much broader war uh you know with the entire arab world so yeah which maybe all these guys want to do that right now and i and again i I, boy, I wish we were switzerland though but i will I say this being even being switzerland ain't easy it ain't easy it ain't easy at all um so this is an article and i'm glad you put it in here because i did want to bring this up this week was switzerland uh, let me read from the article switzerland's biggest political party wants to double down on neutrality just as conflicts in ukraine and the middle east make a non-aligned stance more difficult to sustain the right-wing swiss people's party which is set to win the largest share of the vote in the elections later this month 
is seeking to collect 100,000 signatures by, by May to trigger a vote on whether to enshrine everlasting neutrality into the Constitution. That would allow it to roll back sanctions against Russia that won praise from U.S. President Joe Biden. Um, the Kremlin, on the other hand, says Switzerland is no longer a neutral state, a criticism that touches a nerve uh, with a nation of 8.9 million people. And I think the one part about this is, is if you if you think about it, so if the world puts sanctions on on um, Russia. Right. And Switzerland didn't join in. And Switzerland didn't join in. Then in a weird way, it's almost like they're kind of picking a side, but they should not no. pick a side. No. I, it, they're, they're actually engaging with free trade with all nations. Yeah, which you know, is, is which not is a what bad our, thing. our founders uh, actually encouraged us to do. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> they did. Uh, let me read this also. Uh, more than 90% of the population still supports neutrality. For the Swiss, an impartial stance is a national myth of almost religious consecration, according to Edward Bonjour, who wrote several volumes of the history of neutrality. While Finland recently joined the NATO alliance, and the NATO military alliance, and Sweden seeks to do the same, that prospect is unthinkable in Switzerland. Um, however, the Kremlin's assault on Ukraine and Hamas's attack on Israel are exposing the contradiction of Swiss neutrality, which can be traced back to medieval uh, cantons hiring out mercenaries to warring European states. Without taking sides, this week, the government backed uh, labeling Hamas a terrorist organization, taking a further step away from its non-aligned status. Some Swiss commentators want Switzerland to go further and warn that a strict neutrality risks deterring foreign investment. Neutrality only made sense when our neighbors in Europe were constantly at war, and it's not really in the best interest of Switzerland anymore, said Thomas Bohr, a former Swiss diplomat who in the late 1990s led the government task force examining Swiss banking role during the Nazi era. Um, if we'd not supported sanctions, then we would really have lost business. Again, you know what? Hang on a second. I would say the greater argument for Swiss neutrality is the fact that they haven't been invaded in 200 years. And the same can't be said for any other country in Europe. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's a good point. I want to say about 200 years. Let's see. Uh, it might even be more than that. When was the last time Switzerland was invaded? Let's see. 1798. So, yeah. <laughs> that Napoleon was the last one to invade Switzerland. Yeah. So neutrality, considering that there's been, uh, you know, uh, two world wars uh, that raged through Europe and, uh, you know, a lot of regional conflicts as well, uh, which have uh, basically just uh, gone right around Switzerland. So neutrality has served them quite well, and I think they ought to stick with it. No, I do think they ought to stick with it as well. I do think that they definitely should be sticking with it. Right, right. And it's hard because there is, hey, there's evil in the world. You know, Hamas, evil. Uh, Putin's Russia, evil. You know? Yeah. But by the same token, uh, you know, it's, it's a smart move to remain neutral. You know, it's in your own best interest to do so. So... Yeah, I mean, it, it's, again, I know it's, it's, here's it's hard thing. to do. People think it'd be easy to be neutral, but I actually think it's much more oh, difficult that's, to that's be That's the hardest position to take. I mean, especially in the world we live in today, like we keep talking about, where everybody has to choose a side. You can't have a nuanced position, nuanced position. You can't live in the gray area. You have to be all in 100% for one or all in 100% for the other, and there's no in between. Yeah. You know, which makes our takes... Uh, you know, so 
despised by both yeah, sides. Yeah, in, infuriating to, to both sides, Oh, yeah. No, absolutely yeah. it does. Well, one side wants to say you're pro one, one side to say you're pro the other. Right. And when you're, by offering that nuanced position. Right. And, and when you're just, you know, looking at the whole situation objectively, nobody wants to hear that. You know? No, and, and, and again, the people, most of the world is picking one side or the other. Right. Most of the media is picking one side or the other. Right. And that some of these people are trying to out one up each other on stuff. Like oh, yeah. again, with Nikki Haley saying the Department of Offense, like you just, when you say right. something like that, you are completely disqualifying yourself from ever yeah, being think, president. Think of think of who she's trying to court, man. No, they're, that's they're right. They're going to love that sort of no, shit. No, some of them are. And yeah. you know what? And they're wrong. You know, it, it's funny because the past couple of weeks I've been uh, uh, flipping around between all the different uh, TV news. And I, I've gone from Newsmax to Fox News to CNN to MSNBC, which I think pretty much runs the spectrum. And in all reality, depending on what news you watch you actually see the world completely differently. You are experiencing a different reality if that's your only window into it, you know, is, is one of those sources. And it's, it's astounding to me um, that there's, you know, I know people, for example, who only watch Newsmax. You know, I know people who only watch MSNBC. Yeah. You know, so. Well, no, and you're right. The, 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 and the, those two people coming from those two perspectives have absolutely no way to understand, A, the reality of the situation, and B, the other's uh, position. You know? Yeah. Because we don't have that commonality anymore of these are the facts. You know? And I don't know that we ever got all the facts, but at least. It used to be that we were all kind of on the same page with the facts, and then your opinion branched out from there. Whereas now, everybody's got their own set of facts almost, their own truth. I, I mean, I've always hated that statement. You know, well, this is my truth. There's no such thing as your truth. Yeah, there's or only my truth. the truth. There's the truth. There's the reality. Yeah, and I hate that. No, no, you're yeah. right. That that When you say something like that, that's one of those things where I instantly put you in a category when you do that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, I instantly, like, when you say that, I, there's not really anything to talk about. Yeah, right. Because, yeah, you, I can't have a conversation yeah, with you. Just simply saying that's the, what my truth is. Like, no, no, no there's, just, no, there's just the truth. Right, exactly. Like, there's your opinion. Yeah, right. And and we can discuss opinions, but we can't. Also, if we're dealing with a different set of, of and there's your perspective. Perspective is fine, but when you are talking about a completely different set of the truth of the facts, yeah, that's a very of the reality of the statement. situation. Yeah, you, you you can never come to some sort of mutual understanding with that person. Well, and also to try to understand both sides of it. Right. Yeah. You know, to try to come to some kind of, again, some kind of position that, that at least acknowledges both sides. But we have, we have so many politicians right now that are just fanning the flames, man. Oh, yeah. On both, and, and it's happening, again, whether you go with the people from the squad that are giving Hamas a pass and totally blaming everything on Israel, or if you look at the neocons that are totally not looking at anything that Israel might have done leading up to this right and giving Israel and saying Israel's done no wrong whatsoever right that there's no you know like like again it's it's there's there's a position there that requires nuance but nobody wants to hear nuance right now right at least the pilot here's the thing I do think that there's a lot of people and this is where I think we have a little bit of schizophrenia when it comes to the general public 
because some of the most popular programs that are out there is places like Joe Rogan. Right. And if you want to talk about putting a nuanced perspective on it, if you listen to any of his stuff about it, that there's definitely a nuanced perspective. He brings other people on and engages in good conversation on a lot of this stuff. Right. You know, so like I, I just like I just don't I, I don't get how like in one aspect, I do think that people are hungry for that. But in another aspect, I feel like that they're very easily led down to the, the, the dual side thing. We're losing our empathy is what it really boils down to. Um, we're losing our ability to see things from anyone else's perspective. And, you know, because that's the thing, like the whole, um, you know, Israel-Palestine thing, I can literally see from both sides' perspective why they would feel the way they do, why would they would do the things that they do. And even though I may or may not agree with it, I understand their thinking behind it. You know what I'm saying? I can understand why, okay, from their perspective, that's what, you know, that's what they feel they need to do. You see what I'm saying? And I, I don't think that that there's a lot of that these days. And, and I think that's why when you lose that, you can so easily demonize someone who has a different position than you. You know, when when you can't accept that other people have a, a a justification, I don't even want to say justification, but at least understand that from their perspective, in their minds, they have a justification for doing what they're doing. You know, when you lose that ability, they just become animals. So the other side is just a bunch of animals and it's easy to slaughter animals, you know. Well, it's easy to dehumanize. Right. And right now there's a lot of that going on. And look, and it's been going on for a long time on both, and especially in the Israeli, in the Israel Palestine thing. Right. It's been going on for a long time. Yeah. It, it, it has been, it has been going on for a, a, a long time where the dehuman, dehumanizing aspect has been going on. Right. And we, again, I don't even know how you fix that. Again, there's no fix to some of this stuff. Right. And that's why I think also, again, to go back to this, I do think that our involvement in it is not helping. Uh, right. Here's the funny thing. It's not forcing them to come to some kind of an agreement. Right now, I think our involvement in it is probably saving some lives. Well, However, no. it runs the risk of creating a much broader conflict. So that's the, that's the danger of it. But I, I do think that our involvement so far has prevented Israel from doing what they initially did when they were just enraged like we were post 9-11, you know, turn it into a parking lot. And that was their mentality. And, and they didn't care if they killed all the Palestinians. If you asked, like, on October 8th, the day after the, the attack, if you asked the average uh, Israeli on the street, they would probably say, I don't care if we kill every single Palestinian. And I think the entire country was in that mindset, you know. Well, just like after 9-11, our we mindset We were like, turn was, them into a parking lot. Yep. Yep. I, I don't care. I, I, kill them all. You know? Yeah. And, yeah, so that happens. And I think that our involvement has, you know, it, it suppressed some of that just rage and some of that emotion and allowed Israel the time to really think it through some more. You know, and basically told them, hey, you can't do what you're planning to do. 
Yeah. The world is not going to accept it. And you're going to come out the other end being the pariah. And you, by doing this, are going to cause all the Arab nations to attack you. So you need to, to take a minute, take a breath. Now, what we'll do is we'll park a couple of carriers off your coast and warn the rest of the Arab world that if they do get involved, we're going to jump in. But if you go too far, there's nothing that's going to stop them anyway. You know, and that's where we are right now. So really, I think that the future depends on, A, Israel's actions, okay, and B, if Israel actually shows a good amount of restraint that the rest of the Arab world doesn't get totally outraged about, that Hamas doesn't create some incident like the hospital, okay, where to the rest of the Arab world, the facts won't matter. The fact that it happened was enough for them, and they'll just go off the rails. But I think with the rest of the with the rest of the the with the rest of the um, Arab world right now, or the Muslim world, I don't think that the facts even matter now at this point. I, yeah, I don't there, think that there's they do. some of that. I there's just some of that. I just think yeah. some of it is like again, even when it comes out that you know that like there's still there's still people claiming that Israel did it. Yeah, there are some, but the riots in the streets have died down quite a bit. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, but I so mean, I think that some, I think some cooler heads are starting to prevail on both sides. But God, it would be nice if they were. I, I, I don't think it's going to last. There's going to be some other flashpoint that's going to, you know, topple it over, and it, it, it's just inevitable. Especially as soon as Israel goes into Gaza, which I'm pretty sure they're going to do any day now. I mean, it, it could start happening today, tomorrow, the next day. But I guarantee you that the U.S. is telling them, "No, don't do it yet." Hang on, hang on. Let's let's take a breath, take a pause. You know. Yeah. So, um. All right. So the other thing that I did we brought up, and we we've already talked a little bit about it, but the speaker, yeah, we the, spe- the speaker thing. Yeah. And this is again, again, you want to talk about the dysfunction going on right now. So because the Republicans have such a small minor or small majority, right? That four or five people breaking off, and they just don't get a speaker elected, right? And that's what happened this week with Jordan. Is that you? So you had, you know, they got rid of McCarthy. Now Scalise didn't have the votes. Now Jordan doesn't have the votes. Right. But well, Jordan's out of it now. Yeah, Jordan had a secret vote and said, "We're we're unnominating you. You can't run." Yeah, you can't do it. And so, but and now because and now the the but then you have the 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 moderate people are like, "Well, we're just not voting for Jordan." Right. Which is almost like punishment for the way Jordan has acted over the years. Right. Because again, he wasn't a good consensus pick anyway. Well, hang on. There's a long shot possibility that could come out of this that would be really interesting and as you know the democrats have been putting up jeffries every time right yep okay and 100 percent of the democrats have been voting for jeffries okay? that's true if you get a few republicans that see that there's no prayer that the republican side are going to come together on anyone and it keeps looking like that <coughs> you might actually have some Republicans that end up voting for Jeffries in order to ensure that a Israel gets funded. So it'll probably be it'll probably be um, uh, Republicans that are super safe in their seat. Okay, which they'll probably still get a primary challenger, but they're still safe enough to to withstand that. Um, and also are very very pro Israel because the one thing I'll tell you that will turn some. Uh, that could potentially turn some Republicans to voting for Jeffries would be if that money's not going to Israel right now. You know? I think, well, here's the thing. I, 
hold on, let me just say this for, for let me respond and to what I you can really tell you right now there. that hey, one more thing. Israel's lobbyists are working twenty four seven right now. To I make think, something happen. I think that the odds of what you're talking about is very, very small. It's and let slim, me explain but it could why. happen. Every Republican that voted for the Democrat to be the speaker right. is going to not be in Congress after that. I don't. There is no it, such thing it, as there, a safe seat at that there point. There might be a few guys. Because if you're that deep red where you think you're safe in a general election, you're definitely not going to be, like, you're going to get primaried out. You know, I think, I think that there are a, a few seats that could sell it in such a way, say, look, we had to do something. You know, our team could not come up with one. We went through eight rounds of voting, still no speaker, where the the government was going to stop being funded. Israel was going to be overrun by Hamas. Uh, you know, I think you Russia much, was going to defeat Ukraine. We had to do something. I think that you have a much better odds of both the Democrats and Republicans coming together for the guy that's the temporary speaker right now. That's the most likely to outcome. Get, I think that that one, and, and again, it's going to be temporary. Yeah, it's going to be like a 90-day deal. They'll just give them extra powers, and we'll still have this problem. It'll be road. enough to get the funding done for Israel right. and Ukraine and the border, and it'll be enough to get the continuing res, another continuing resolution passed to keep funding the government. Right, right. So I think that that is the most, that's the most... At least at this point, it seems like the most um, um, logical right, thing. Right. And it, it's critical that we get the business of government done because we need to ensure that we do have that $1.7 trillion deficit this year because, my God, the price of eggs has fallen to almost $5 a dozen. We can't have that. For this country to survive, we need more inflation. So we need the government printing more money that we don't have. You know, because I, seriously, folks, how 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 is the world going to function if eggs fall below five dollars a dozen? <laughs> seriously, you know, I, I mean, what are we talking about? Are we going to have two dollar and fifty cent a gallon gasoline? You know, you're going to you're going to pay, uh, you know, a buck eighty nine for a gallon of milk. What the fuck? We have to do this almost two trillion dollars, almost 10 percent of the U.S. GDP. We have to spend that money we don't have because we absolutely need the Federal Reserve to print more money and cause more inflation. So that we can raise interest rates to stop the inflation so less people can afford homes. And then in order to solve the high interest rates, we need to make sure that a lot of Americans lose their jobs. Because that right now is the current plan of the Federal Reserve. That right now is what we're doing. So, folks, really, really, we should all be hoping that we never, ever, ever have a Speaker of the House again. <laughs> because if if there's no speaker of the house they can't hurt us anymore yeah uh, so uh, hold on let me read from the article here the federal government wound up its fiscal year in september with a deficit of just shy of 1.7 trillion with a t um the the department of treasury announced friday wrapping up a year uh in which some thought that shortfall could exceed two trillion the u.s ended up with an imbalance of 1.695 trillion up about 300 300- so wait a second. So that was that, that's fantastic. That they was money. a they saved three hundred billion dollars for yeah. the American people. God bless the them. The huge deficit came as revenues fell four hundred and fifty seven billion from a year ago and expenses decreased by one hundred and thirty seven billion. Outlays for the year totaled six point one three four trillion. 
The budget shortfall adds to the staggering U.S. debt total, which stood at $33.6 trillion earlier this week. The deficit level was erased somewhat when the Supreme Court voided President Joe Biden's effort to erase billions in student loan debt. That number has swelled to more than $10 trillion since the first quarter of 2020 when the COVID-19 pandemic hit and pushed the government into a spending spree aimed at making up for the damage done to the economy. Uh, what the government <laughs> right. caused damage the government the did. Economy. Yeah. <laughs> of the government outlays last year, some $659 billion went for net interest on the accumulated debt, up from $475 billion in fiscal year 2022. Um, Treasury Secretary Danny Yellen said the administration... Just keep making the minimum payments. We'll be fine, America. <laughs> like, that's the other thing. We just don't have the money to do all this stuff. <laughs> right. And they don't care, man. They just are going to keep spending the money and keep spending the money, man. Right. Yeah, they're just going to keep spending it, man. It's just, oh, it sucks, man. But I mean, again, it's it's. Uh, well, hey, it's OK. It's OK because Trump's going to save us. Oh, God, <laughs> because he's. Yeah, here's the thing. I wonder, you know, all the people that are saying that Trump is going to save us. Do they forget that he had four years to do it and did nothing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, how, how do you forget that part? How do you should if Trump was going to save us, shouldn't we be saved by now? But um, having said that, that is, this is some stuff happened this week that's looking very good uh, for uh, Trump not being the nominee. Okay. Yeah, this helps out your bet. <laughs> it, it, it does. I mean, Pence's does. campaign doesn't help out your bet because your bet isn't that Trump isn't going to do it. You pick the person. No, but Nikki Haley is is uh, helping out my bet. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Department of Offense. Jeez. I don't know. That might actually that could be good. For that her. could Who help knows? in the Republican primary. Um, but yeah. So so this week uh, a lot going on in the uh, the Georgia uh, uh, case, which is the one where he uh, tried to uh, essentially uh, conspire to overthrow the Georgia election results. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Sidney Powell just pleaded guilty. Yeah. And agreed to testify and agree. Yeah. And agreed to testify, which that's a big one considering yeah. her involvement in it. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. depending on what she has. Well, she was in in one on one face to face discussions and the planning on how they were going to handle yeah. uh, the, you know, this sort of thing. So she she probably knows where the bodies are buried. And uh, weren't there two others uh, this week that also uh, pleaded guilty or pled guilty and uh, pleaded, I think. Uh, Kenneth Chattenborough. Yeah, and I thought there was a third one as well. But anyway, basically, they're all dropping dime on Trump. They're they're uh, copping plea deals to lesser charges and, you know, light probation sentences, and, and they're all going to testify Well, and this is Trump. what you want to do. And look, this is the advantage of doing a RICO. Right, exactly. You yeah. know, because they don't care about, look, they don't care about the Kraken lady. They don't care about Sidney Powell. No. They don't care about Cheezer, bro. They only care about Trump. They want Trump. Yeah. And so they are doing everything that they can in order to get Trump, you know, in order to get Trump. Right. Yep. You know, I, I just, it's, it's, and again, it's not like Trump, you know, it's weird too, because like Trump expects this, this, this unmitigated loyalty on his side, but he doesn't give it in return. Oh no. And at times like this, cause Giuliani's going to, you know, look, Giuliani is, is, is part of this deal. Right. Sidney Powell's part of this deal. Like these these guys are gonna like they're gonna save their own skin at this point though right you know because like the Sydney Powell deal is like a probation like she didn't get no jail time right oh yeah you know she has to pay like a, a, a minimal fine she had to put out a letter apologizing for it which she's done right and again considering all the shit she said before like I mean seriously yeah you know it was she got off easy yeah yeah real easy 
So, so they're expecting that, that they're they're expecting some kind of payment for this. Yeah, and the expecting going to be damning testimony. Yeah, and that's what it's going to be. And is it gonna, is it going to be enough to get get him convicted on this yeah. one? I do think now that look, I, if I was looking at the cases, I thought that the Florida one was the one that was had the best chance of him going of, of being guilty. But I think that the Georgia one now because of the because of going Rico. Which I don't even necessarily agree with going Rico, but like going Rico is going to be the he's going to be convicted for both of them. But uh, chances are know, he's going to go to jail for this one first. Yeah, this yeah. is just this is. I mean, it's not good news for I, Trump. That's for it, sure. It, it, look, Trump is most likely going to spend the rest of his life in a um, you know what do they call it the uh, uh, low security prisons like country club country jail. club prison. Yeah, yeah, essentially, he is going to prison probably for the rest of his life. And he, he's not going to be, you know, turning big rocks into little ones, and he's not going to be in solitary, but he's going to be in federal custody for the rest of his life. I mean, it's a good possibility at this point, Look, between, between this one and the documents, the classified documents, there's just no defense for any of it. Well, know? I just don't know if the Fulton County thing, again, I don't know, again, what a criminal conspiracy for something like this, I just, I don't know how, I, I don't understand. I, look, I, I will say this, I don't understand it. Yeah. But at the same time, it doesn't... Again, if you go after the fucking king boy, you better not miss. I ain't the king no more. Well, no, exactly. <laughs> but I'm saying if you're going to go after him. I'm right. not saying go after Trump. I'm saying if you're going to go after and try to overturn an election, boy, you better not miss. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Because Well, that's the thing. I, I don't think at the time that they thought they would ever be hold, held accountable for any of this. Because they were still in power at the time. So for, from their perspective, it felt like, well, who, who's going to challenge us? You know? Yeah. I, but... Once they're out of power, it's like, yeah, everybody's going to challenge you. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. I, it, really, it boils down to how fast each of these cases move. But I, I, I'll still I've, – I've been saying it for, you know, two years now. I'll continue to say it. Um, Trump will not be the nominee because he is not going to be eligible. Or if for by, by some crazy – means after being convicted for multiple felonies he is still you know able to be on the ballot i I don't think there's any way in hell he wins i think depending on the timing of if if there was a change that would happen on the republican nominee side where if there's enough time for that to to be like laid out where right if trump i you know what i don't think there's a scenario right now in which the republicans actually win the next election no, I don't think so either. Not yeah. the, and, it, and here's the thing though: nobody's going to beat Michelle Obama. But not that. But not even that the <laughs> Democrats deserve to win. Right. It's that oh, God, no. they've screwed the Republicans have screwed it up so badly. Oh yeah. That yeah. Th- that the American public isn't going to trust them in, in enough places. For look, there's certain states that are just going to go red, yeah. just the way it is. Yeah. And there's certain states that are just going to go blue. But I think the toss-ups is where I think that you're just like what you saw with the elections last year in 2022 that. They the Republicans severely underperformed, right? Severely underperformed, and it's going to be worse this time because they keep fucking up worse. Yeah, you know? I mean, it just again, you know, don't get me wrong. I think you do have to look at a lot of the individual races when it comes to like Congress. That is going to be that's a kind of a different deal than just everything else. But I think that you're, and again, it's not even that the Democrats deserve to win, and they nobody suck does. too. But like, right. but you're right, nobody deserves to win at this point. Because none of them actually want to do anything good. Right. Like, they both suck. And they both, <laughs> yeah. which, 
it it should lend itself that independent and third party candidates oh, fuck should do bullshit. so well, but they're no. not gonna. You, look, you get hold on. It, you let me finish. I said they're not gonna. I'm not even saying that. I'm saying even if third party and independent candidates won, five years from now they're going to be just as fucking corrupt and useless and evil as everybody else up there. But any, it's not. It's not the people. It's, it's the not the the concept of well, we just got to get the right people there. No, it's this structure we have will take will guarantee that eighty percent of the people who end up in this structure are going to be corrupted to some degree or another, and I would say probably fifty percent of them become completely and irrevocably corrupt to the point where they are just horrible human beings okay and even the ones that aren't so bad are pretty corrupt and then there's maybe that 10 or 20 percent that are still decent human beings but they usually don't last long they make it a couple of terms and then it's like i i can't take this shit anymore yeah you like know? a mosh right yeah so and that's what happens. So you people need to get out of the mindset of, oh, you know, if we only got that person in there, or we only got that person in there. Or if only this party could do better. No, no, it doesn't matter. And like, let's say we elect, you know, majority libertarians in the next election. OK, it would be great for a little while. But a couple election cycles down the road, it would be the exact same thing that we are seeing today because this this type of power over other individuals, this type of being nobody can handle the ring. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Tolkien was fucking right. Nobody can handle the ring. Nobody can handle the ring. Unless we start electing all hobbits, (laughs) we're screwed, essentially. So are we going to form the Hobbit Party then? (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Can we find some hobbits? Well, actually, they have found a bunch of hobbits down in Peru. And I'm going to segue real quick to this. We're going to talk about this more in the second hour. Well, yeah, don't give it up now. We don't have enough time to give it up now. Well, I got a couple minutes. I'm I'm just going to touch on this. Um, Actually, now, (laughs) there's. it turns out... There's a shit ton of these Mexican aliens down in Peru. They got a bunch of them. And now Peru is actually taking a couple of them to a university and having their scientists do all kinds of analysis. And they're finding very interesting shit. I mean, we we apparently, folks, have a species of alien creatures that have been here for at least a thousand years dead, mummified. Okay. And... It's a real interesting scenario. So that's one of the things we're going to talk about in the second hour. Um, also, we're going to talk about science is very close to proving the existence of God without even realizing it, and also proving that God is a gamer, <laughs> which is going to be really interesting. Yeah, that's going to be kind of funny. Yeah, we, we've got uh, a Vegas cop uh, going uh, full on Ocean's Eleven. This is a really interesting story. Uh, so we got a real lot of interesting stuff uh, in the second hour for you. But but in order to join us in the second hour, you have to be a subscriber. So if you want to hear that, uh, that content and uh, get a whole bunch of swag, I need you to go to uh, patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. Sign up, become a subscriber. You get all the swag. You get an autographed copy of my book, The Cassandra Trigger. You get a Anarchist Guild Challenge Coin if you're a high-level subscriber. And you get another hour of content. So patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. We'll see you in hour number two.